This is Fire News Now, bringing you news and information from around the fire service. Proudly brought to you by the NEP Media Network. And after being on hiatus for several weeks, we are very happy to be back on the air and also very excited to announce the launch of NEP Media's new website, which you can find at www.nepmedia.net. It's Friday, July 8th, 2022. I'm Jim Oleski. The nation is still reeling from another mass shooting event, this one at the Highland Park, Illinois' Independence Day Parade. Shots rang out just before 10.15 a.m. on July 4th, about 15 minutes after the city's parade kicked off. Seven people were fatally shot, with nearly 50 others injured by gunfire or in the ensuing panic. Highland Park Fire Chief Joe Schraggy spoke at a press conference after the incident. So on scene, we had, or we transported 10 to Highland Park Hospital, six to Lake Forest Hospital, and then seven to Evanston Hospital. They were gunshot wounds and it varied from uh, abdomen to limbs and such, but uh, the crews were on scene very quickly. Uh, There was bystanders as well that rendered aid as well. Uh, They were uh, quick to tie tourniquets and do bleeding control, which definitely assisted the fire department on scene. Authorities apprehended Robert Eugene Cremo III several hours after the shooting. He's been charged with seven counts of first-degree murder. The incident in Highland Park comes just weeks after several other high-profile mass shootings across the United States, including Uvalde, Texas, and Buffalo, New York. Fire and EMS agencies in many areas have greatly changed the way they respond to such incidents and no longer wait for shooting victims to be brought out from danger zones into completely secure areas. Greg Lanham, Deputy Chief of the Whitestown, Indiana Fire Department, explained the Rescue Task Force model during a drill with Indiana Homeland Security in 2019. In today's society that these things are going on that we need to be a part of. We've changed our protocols to be more involved with the police when we have active shooters. In the past, we would stage away and wait for the police to clear the building. They would call us forward and then we would come in and help the victims. But we found in some of these shootings that a lot of the victims are dying because they're bleeding out. So we need to be integrated with the police to go into the structure with them to get hands on as fast as we can. A fire that has burned more than 4,000 acres in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada in California has grown to be the state's second largest wildfire of the season. Authorities say the Electrifier broke out Monday and has caused evacuation orders to be issued in Amador and Calaveras counties. Cal Fire Captain Dennis Lang spoke to KXTL about what firefighters are doing to protect homes in the area of the fire. We're uh, defending and prepping for structured defense up here for the fire that's uh, west of us in this direction in case it does come up this area to give us a better defensible space. Going around we're moving brush, grass, uh, the latter fuels that could help the fire intensity grow and kind of give us a better chance to be able to fight fire aggressively. Hopefully uh, weather does help uh, you know in our favor uh, to be able to do it because uh, it's going to be a long summer hopefully we can get out and get home and get back to our families. Officials say the fire was 40% contained as of Thursday morning as crews continued to battle the blaze. No structures have been damaged and the cause of the fire remains under investigation. Data obtained by Denver ABC affiliate KMGH indicates that Denver firefighters waited more than 10 minutes on emergency scenes for Denver health paramedics nearly 8,000 times last year. And firefighters were forced to wait more than 5 minutes for paramedics on about 16% of medical calls in 2021. 
Former Denver firefighter Kevin Aperon spoke to KMGH about how the delays impact firefighters in the city. If the ambulance was delayed or didn't show up for a longer period of time, there wasn't much for us to do while we were waiting. Denver Health says in a statement that the data is misleading and doesn't accurately represent the response times for their paramedics. The Denver Fire Department manages the database and says it supports the accuracy of the data. A Florida paramedic battling stage 4 lung cancer has moved one step closer to receiving cancer disability benefits. The Florida Retirement System has approved line-of-duty disability retirement benefits for Polk County Fire Rescue paramedic Christina Lambert-Pearson. The paramedic was diagnosed with the illness in 2018, just months before the state implemented a law that would cover medical expenses and provide a one-time benefit of $25,000 for firefighters diagnosed with certain types of cancer. She applied for the benefit but was denied by the county because the diagnosis came before the law took effect. Pearson spoke to Orlando CBS affiliate WKMG about her battle with cancer and the benefits she's fighting for. I can't even get up and sweep the house but I'm still laying there wishing I could work. I've never smoked a day in my life. At the moment, I'm on a maintenance chemo because basically my oncologist is gonna find out what's next. I found out the hard way I was not in good hands with the county administration that I've had to deal with. With what strength I have left, I wanna hear those words one day. It's what I want more than anything. Polk County has refused to change its stance. The Jersey City Fire Department is expanding for the first time in 85 years to keep up with New Jersey's second largest city's ever-growing population. Officials announced at the end of June that the department will be adding two more companies to its fleet. That hasn't happened since 1937. The expansion gives the department specialized equipment and firefighters trained to tackle high-rise building fires. Fire Chief Stephen McGill spoke about how rapidly high-rise buildings have sprouted up throughout the city. I look out my window the other day, I counted 34 high-rises that weren't there probably 10 years ago. Throughout the city, there's about another 19 on the books that are going up. And I talked to the building department, they said there's about another 90 applications for high-rises throughout the city. McGill told reporters there are 240 high-rise buildings in the city. That's more than double the amount it saw 30 years ago, with nearly two dozen more being planned. And finally, Dallas Fire Rescue celebrated a historic milestone this week, marking its 150th anniversary. The department celebrated the occasion on Monday with a block party outside the Dallas Firefighters Museum. A department that started with one unit of volunteer firefighters in 1872 has grown into a 2,000-member agency with nearly 60 firehouses throughout the city. Dallas Fire Rescue Captain Chris Godopsky spoke to WFAA during the block party about how the department has changed throughout the years. This department has grown with us and we've grown with it, so it's, it's a pretty incredible day for, for the fire department. NP Media also sends our congratulations to Dallas Firefighters Association IFF Local 58, which represents firefighters across the city. This is the July 8, 2022 edition of Fire News Now. Thank you for tuning in, and remember to follow and download Fire News Now wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can always reach us at nep.news at nepservices.com. And once again, we are excited to announce the launch of the new NEP Media website, which you can find at www.nepmedia.net.